I'm Maureen, a former kindergarten teacher turned mom on the road, and this is Asha. You're listening to Readers on the Road. Rocks of Oxen by Alice McLearen and illustrated by Barbara Cooney. Marion called it Rocks of Oxen. She always knew the name of everything. There across the road, it looked like any rocky hill. Nothing but sand and rocks, some old wooden boxes, cactus and greasewood and thorny ocotillo. But it was a special place. The street between Rocks of Oxen and the houses curved like a river. So Marion named it the River Road. After that, you had to ford a river to reach Rocks of Oxen. Of course, all of Marion's sisters came, Anna Mae and Frances and little Jean, Charles from next door, even though he was 12. Oh, and Eleanor, naturally, and Jamie with his brother, Paul. Later on, there were others, but these were the first. Well, not really the first. Rocks of Oxen had always been there and must have belonged to others before. Wait, Rocks of Oxen? When Marion dug up a tin box filled with round black pebbles, everyone knew what it was. It was buried treasure. Those pebbles were the money of Rocks of Oxen. You could still find others like them if you looked hard enough. So some days became treasure hunting days with everybody trying to find that special kind. And then on other days, you might just find one without even looking. A town of rocks of oxen began to grow, traced in lines of stone. Main Street first, edged with the whitest ones. Is that pottery? And then the houses. Is that pottery? It is. And then the houses. Charles made his of the biggest stones. After all, he was the oldest. At first, the houses were very plain, but soon they all began to add more rooms. The old wooden boxes could be shelves or tables or anything you wanted. You could find pieces of pottery for dishes. Round pieces were best. Where's the pottery? Later on, there was a town hall. Marion was mayor, of course. That was just the way she was. Nobody minded. After a while, they added other streets. Frances moved to one of them and built herself a new house outlined in desert glass, bits of amber, amethyst, and sea green, a house of jewels. And everybody had plenty of money. There were plenty of shops. Jean helped Anna Mae in the bakery, pies and cakes and baked bread warm in the sun. There were two ice cream parlors. Was Paul's ice cream the best or Eleanor's? Everybody kept trying them both. In Rocks of Oxen, you can eat all the ice cream you want. Everybody had a car. All you needed was something round for a steering wheel. Of course, if you broke the speed limit, you had to go to jail. The jail had cactus on the floor to make it uncomfortable. And Jamie was the policeman. Anna Mae, quiet little Anna Mae, was always speeding. You'd think she liked to go to jail. But uh, if you had a horse, you could go as fast as the wind. There were no speed limits for horses, and you didn't have to stay on the roads. 
All you needed for a horse was a stick and some kind of bridle, and you could gallop anywhere. Sometimes there were wars. Once there was a great war, boys against girls. Charles and Marion were the generals. The girls had Fort Irene, and they were all Girl Scouts. The boys made a fort at the other end of Roxaboxen, and they were all bandits. Oh, the raids were fierce, loud with whooping and stamping of horses. The whirling swords of Ocotillo had sharp thorns, but when you reached the fort, you were safe. Roxaboxen had a cemetery in case anyone died, but the only grave in it was for the dead lizard. Each year when the cactus bloomed, they decorated the grave with flowers. Sometimes in the winter, when everybody was at school and the weather was bad, no one went to Roxaboxen at all, not for weeks and weeks. But it didn't matter. Roxaboxen was always waiting. Roxaboxen was always there. And spring came, and the Ocotillo bloomed, and everybody sucked the honey from its flowers, and everybody built new rooms, and everybody decided to have jeweled windows. That summer, there were three new houses on the East Slope and two new shops on Main Street. And so it went. The seasons changed and the years went by. Roxaboxen was always there. The years went by and the seasons changed until at last the friends had all grown tall. And one by one, they moved away to other houses, to other towns. So you might think that was the end of Roxaboxen, but... Oh, no, because none of them ever forgot Roxaboxen. Not one of them ever forgot. Years later, Marion's children listened to stories of that place and fell asleep dreaming dreams of Roxaboxen. Gray-haired Charles picked up a black pebble on the beach and stood holding it, remembering Roxaboxen. More than 50 years later, Frances went back, and Roxaboxen was still there, She could see the white stones bordering Main Street, and where she had built her house, the desert glass still glowed amethyst, amber, and sea green. green. On a hill on the southeast corner of 2nd Avenue and 8th Street in Yuma, Arizona, there is a place once known as Roxaboxen. The events in this book really happened to Alice McLaren's mother. With the aid of her mother's childhood manuscript, the memories of relatives, and letters and maps from the former inhabitants of Roxaboxen, Alice McLaren was able to recreate that magical world as if she had played there herself. She presents us with, quote, a celebration of the active imagination, of the ability of children to create, even with the most unpromising materials, a world of fantasy so real and multidimensional that it earns a lasting place in memory. End quote.